Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Imagine being a child on a boat with hundreds of people headed to a new country. That happened to today's guest. His name is Vin Hewen. He is a former refugee and now the principal of the same high school that he attended when he was a youth. Join us today for part two of our conversation with Vin about how he managed to get where he is today and how he's using his own experience to help others that are going through the same thing. We're joined again today by Vin Hewen. He's a former refugee who is now the principal of a high school in inner city Winnipeg. He was born during the Vietnam War and was forced to leave Vietnam when he was just 10 years old with his family on a boat. From there, they made their way to Malaysia before making their way to Canada. Now from Birtle, you somehow managed to go full circle. Like you said, you were housed in the <coughs> Balmoral Hotel yes. in Winnipeg, Manitoba, yes. and you uh, eventually came full circle. Um, becoming a principal of a high school in the inner city of yes. Winnipeg. And in between there, you were my teacher <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 20, 23 years ago. Ooh. Yes. Um, but how did that all happen? Yeah, so so we were in Berto for, uh, for a while. And, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll tell a story to represent each of the places we've been. And uh, we, we arrived, and the house was all fully furnished. And, uh, you know, for the first time in a number of months since we left Vietnam as refugees, uh, we were no longer stateless. We we had a home, and we had the beginning of of an identity uh, that came with it. And so um, I started school uh, with my brother uh, within a couple of days. And I still remember the uh, the drive up to the what looks to be a rather just imposing uh, brick school building. And uh, that that imagery was was quite. Uh, was softened and became much more welcoming when the principal of that school at that time, Mr. Marshall, came out and greeted us. And uh, uh, basically, um, yeah, you know what? Uh, my brother and I pretty well spent the first three days of school in the principal office. Um, did we know any better? No, we didn't know it was a principal office. We just knew that there was a kind man who kind of decided, I don't know yet what needs to happen for these young boys who are here, but in the meanwhile, They'll stay with me, and so I still think back to that time. And I said, uh, Mr. Mr. Marshall was the principal of school, but he was most importantly for me, my brother. He was the principal teacher, the first teacher who took us on his wing, provided us with the love and care necessary. And then, when the plan was put in place, he would eventually uh, move into our respective classroom. And so. Uh, I still think about that. I was able to return and see him before he passed uh, in Berto with my family and thank him. And uh, I jokingly told him, and I said, basically said, uh, you know, Miss Marshall, I must have liked spending time in your principal office because I have my own now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while we were in Berto, um, we, we were sponsored by uh, a group of uh, coalitions of the House of Worship. And uh, eventually, uh, one of the key organizers, I uh, was able to uh, assist my dad in securing a job in the highway department in Russell, Manitoba. And so we moved there, and we spent a good uh, uh, three and a half years there, just uh, getting to know and economize the life in Canada, learning the language, learning about the culture, uh, learning to develop our sense of who we are within this new land. Uh, my dad at that time uh, worked really hard in the highway department, uh, doing Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday he... Uh, worked in a, the Chinese restaurant, and then in addition to that, he was also the groundskeeper for the uh, subsidized housing where we live. So he worked hard. My mom was at home doing everything she can uh, to take care of the children, and also she uh, 
she took up sewing again as a way of making uh, additional income for the family. So it was three and a half years of just working really hard to uh, set up and, and build up capacity again. Uh, my parents uh, uh, had a couple of, um, were mentored by two doctors who live in the and then served in uh, Russell, Manitoba, a doctor and a doctor and Dr. Lou, and, uh, and they were very kind to us. They supported us, and actually they guide us in terms of helping us navigate life in, in, in Russell, Manitoba, in Canada. And Dr. Lou, uh, both of them said, yeah, have you considered, like, you know, buying your own and running your own restaurant? And so the ideas percolated for a bit, and eventually my parents um, bought a restaurant. It wasn't a Chinese restaurant. It was a pizza and chicken restaurant in Rossburg, Manitoba. Mm. And so that was where our family moved to for, for 10 years. Uh, in 83 to 93, it was an uh, NNL restaurant named after my parents in Minneland. Uh, so it wasn't a Chinese restaurant, but the moment they bought it, it became a Chinese restaurant. But we served pretty well everything as well. And so our whole family poured ourselves into the business. Uh, it was a family business. And uh, we, uh, we uh, had the restaurant open seven days a week uh, with maybe Christmas Day, Christmas. Boxing Day and New Year's Day off, and so it was hard work. But it was uh, it, again, it was a formative time for our family as we learned the value of hard work, working together as a family. My parents did that. As going back to what Doctor Doctor Lou said, they said maybe a good way for you to um, earn the uh, income necessary so that your children can have a post-secondary uh, future. And so that was what my parents did. They made the necessary sacrifices tremendously. So that you know, one day the children could realize the um, the opportunity to have post-secondary learning in order to serve and to have a uh, life of dignity and well-being. So yeah, after that ten years, um, I actually went to uh, school earlier in, uh, in 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 Winnipeg here. I finished my bachelor of education at the U of M, and uh, in '93 I became a teacher in the Winnipeg School Division in uh, you know our former school there, General Wolf School, and um, I been serving as a educators and as a vice principal principal altogether now this is my 27th year work in the, in the city that's amazing and and now you are a principal at a school where there is a there is a high percentage of refugee um, yes. students in there what is that like to work in a school and, and be able to help guide these these young people yeah. and I think yeah, this is one of those moments. Like I go back to my, you know, looking out the window moment uh, from uh, the Balmore Hotel, looking out into the place that is Winnipeg, because uh, my first principalship was in a junior high, seven, eight, nine. Uh, that was basically six blocks from that window place, and so I count it as a real sense that uh, a fulfillment, a part, a part of the fulfillment of my calling, to serve in that way, to be able to do that. And then I left the middle years, junior high school there, and the last two years I've served at uh, a high school here in the Winnipeg that is only five minutes drive from that place. That's and it. so it, it continues to amaze me. It continues to be thankful for those opportunities to serve. And uh, I think back and I said, you know, this is actually part of who, not only who I am, but who we are. And um, because... When I left uh, initially um, um, Rossburn in order to get some schooling in the city here, I actually went to this. My for- this is my former school where I am principal right now. And so I've had the opportunity to be a student. And many of the people group, uh, the Vietnamese, Chinese, uh, both people who arrived, went to that school. 
So it is part of our community identity experience. When I uh, in in 2000, I became a teacher at the school, and uh, and then I became a vice principal, and now I'm principal. So in some way, I've gone the whole role in terms of uh, being at the school in this way and knowing that I've experienced from different contexts. I always come back to uh, the viewpoint of, um, of 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 the students. You know, the idea of how can I how I want to be able to consistently on a daily basis as best I can see what is happening about the learning, about the teaching, about the life of school through the eyes of the students. And then based on that, how can then I be able to help make sure that there's process and policies and practice in place that support, that resource, that helps students have the best possible experience at the school. The school where I'm at right now, it's, uh, it's I, I call it in some way, it's an intercultural uh, global village. Uh, the biggest group of students is our indigenous students who are there, and then there's the newcomers, refugees, and immigrant students, and then there are a number of uh, Canadians who are multi-generation Canadians. And so I think the key three principles that I keep in mind when working with students and the families and community, and I, I, I keep this these three as like the three lodestones, the gemstones, and the stars in mind, and I encourage our staff to keep in mind too. And that is the idea of, uh, first and foremost, that everyone who comes within sight and into school should feel a sense of welcome and hospitality. Not in a sense of, like, surface, hi, how are you, but deeper in the sense that we're going to do the best we can to recognize you for who you are and what you bring to the school and help you develop and grow to the kind of person uh, that, that you are capable of becoming so that you can have meaning and purpose in the life ahead. So that idea of welcome and hospitality. And then uh, the also this work then is based on the idea of uh, kinship and that ultimately we're only the human race and that in when we look at it, ultimately we're all siblings, sisters and brothers. And if we take that idea of that it takes a village to raise a child or it takes a village to raise a student, is that there's a network of relationships uh, that is based on love and respect that we have in order to ensure that everyone feels that sense of belonging. And then the third, the third principle is the idea of the reconciliation, which is that you know as we engage in this deep work as a country in terms of establishing right and respectful relationship with each other, with ourselves, and uh, the society in which we're situated, and the land and water in which we're based, it's absolutely crucial that we strive to do this work of uh, reconciliations, right relationships in a very meaningful way and loving and caring ways. So those are the guiding principles that I, I keep in mind that, that informs uh, you know, the, the decisions that I or we make and the practices that we implement and the uh, process in which we um, assess uh, the impact of work. Now, if we have a listener out there that is, uh, let's just say, they're, they're, they've, they've are a refugee, they're a newcomer, they're an immigrant that's just come to Canada, mm-hmm. and they they don't see the hope and they don't have that same kind of light that you had and guidance, what would you say to them? I, I would say, and I think I would say, and I would attempt to imperfectly, but inexorably live out that concept of what does love and respect mean and look like? Uh, and I, I, I need, I would say to, and I would live out that sense of, with the students, and I walk that journey with them is that, you are deeply loved and that you're respected. 
and these are the ways, and these are the practices, and these are um, the actions and the decisions that we're going to take in order to ensure that you understand that you are a person of, uh, of value and, and that you are loved and respected and that we're going to walk this journey with you for whatever length of time that we have so that we can do our best to make sure that you have a good start to a, a, a good and, and purposeful and dignified life. Thank you so much, Vin, for sharing your story with us today. Don't forget, you can listen to the full episode on your radio station. It airs twice, once in the morning and once in the evening. As well, you can find the podcast version at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.